Rabbi Sunday today, so we're going to continue our Gavaldiga Ashkocha Protish Shiurim Besiyate Deshmaya. And I want to thank all the people around the world, Torah Time, spreading around the ship because there's people writing in emails, and today many of them we're going to be uh, reading. I just want to mention just a very small one. I just thought of this myself. It's so small, but yet it's Ashkocha Protish, right? Um, the Parsha video, of which I have to admit I do not enjoy recording. Let, let that be known. I don't enjoy recording to a video camera. Whatever. Anyway, so I videoed it here on Wednesday lunchtime in the Space Medjush. We sorted out the scenery. It was a whole month, so right? Until we got everything organized, I had to put the lights on. It was like, you know, get my time. Anyway, so I, I, there I am. I'm recording it. And um, I just give it a listen before I send it to Swilly. And the mic, it was very, very... The microphone wasn't working. It was very muffled. It didn't work. So I said, okay, so I'll do it again. I ended up recording it three times. Okay? And the microphone all three times didn't work. So I said to somebody, maybe you can make it work. Maybe you could send it to the person that makes the videos. No, it's too muffled. It doesn't work. So we ended up having to do it in my house, which you saw the scenery from the back of the, of the, of the porch. And um, it really was interesting because right now, Baruch Hashem, the microphone is working. Now, nothing changed. We didn't change the batteries. We didn't change the microphone. Everything seems to be working. And I was thinking to myself, what's shut? Why is it that just specifically those three shiurim, it didn't work? But I did three times and record that shit. But yet, every other one did work, right? And then I realized, maybe that made up shot is like this. What was the whole part of share about? I'm sure you guys know. Eretz Yisrael. I needed to have Eretz Yisrael behind me in the scenery in order for the shit to have more of a, you know, of a, of a zach. I thought it was not Ashkoch HaPratah. just for those Yisrael that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? This is Ashkoch HaPratah. It doesn't have to be some earth-shattering story. Simple thing like that. Our dear Yitzhi Rosenberg, our dear Yitzhi Rosenberg told me that this Erev Shabbos for some reason, he by mistake clicked on last week's share. Whatever, uh, whatever it was, I don't remember what the topic was. Irrelevant. But, what was it? No, it was last week's share, whatever it was. So, he, he, uh, maybe he didn't realize it was last week's, not this week's. And he says it was a complete Hashkoch Pratis, how he needed to hear specifically that lesson on that day. Which is unbelievable, right? By mistake, he clicked it, but it was obviously it wasn't by mistake, right? It was all by Ashkocha Pratis. So, it's just unbelievable. More and more and more we find in our lives, there's Ashkocha Pratis. Okay. Rabbi Sa, I don't know how many more weeks we're going to have of this, but if you do have a story, please, please, please let me know. Send it in. Office at basedovid.com. Office at basedovid, B-E-I-S, dovid.com. We're going to start reading some of the emails, Rabbi Sa. Let's go. Hope I pronounced the name correctly. Uh, I haven't read all of these through, so apologize. We're reading them together. Dear Rabbi Wiesenfeld, my name is Daniel Agala. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I happen to know him. He's a very good yid. I am the founder of Stories to Inspire. Right, it's a Gavaldiga website, stories to inspire, lots of stories from all over the world, from different speakers on all different topics, it's amazing. I would like to thank you for your incredible shurma, for your inspirational stories which we send out on a constant basis. May Hashem give you strength and wisdom to continue inspiring the wonderful Tamidim and all of Kleisel. When I heard about the Shkocha Protest Initiative, I got very excited because I know for a fact that this initiative will be a tremendous source of needed chizik and imuna for all of us. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. As a teenager... My father used to send my brother, my younger brother and I to a camp in Eretz Yisrael called Camp Stay Chemed. We were minors. My father would accompany us to New York and then we would fly together to the camp in Eretz Yisrael. In the summer of 1998 was the first time we took such a trip to New York together. At the time I was 14 years old and my brother was 11 years old. We landed one summer night in LaGuardia Airport. As we were waiting for our luggage at the carousel, my father asked me to come and help him with the bags. 
Meanwhile, my brother's task was to look after my father's carry-on bag, which was on the luggage car, which we had just rented. After about half an hour, my father and I returned to the luggage car to find that it was completely empty. Somebody had stolen the bag when my brother wasn't paying attention. We looked everywhere for it and stayed in the airport for several hours. We even went to the lost and found area of the airport, but we could not find anything. My father's carry-on bag contained two sets of talas and tefillin, two passports, a few checkbooks, six gold coins, because he was invited to a simcha in New York who was planning to give them as a gift, and some other personal items. We didn't hear anything about the bag until the next day. We were concerned for several reasons, but mainly because we needed the passports immediately so we could get onto our flight to Eretz Yisrael. Around two days from this incident, we received a call from my mother, who was still in Los Angeles. She told us that she'd gotten a call from a kosher pizza store in Manhattan called Shalom Pizza. The owner of the store had mentioned to her that there was a bag sitting in his store next to the payphone for a couple of days, and no one had picked it up. He had our home number because my father had placed a sticker on the bag with his personal information. We hurried over to the pizza store, and incredibly, the bag was there with everything still inside. Nothing was taken from the bag, even the valuables were still there. What makes the story even more incredible is that the bag was sitting in a busy pizza store unattended for two days and nobody had taken it from there. This phenomenal story has continued to give our chizik 23 years later. Everything is calculated by Hashem. Hashem decides what we gain, what we lose. If something is meant to be returned to us, it will find its way back to us no matter how unlikely it seems. A person who trusts in Hashem never loses hope. Slacha Rabbi Daniel. Wow, what a great story. That is incredible. That is really, really beautiful. Okay, let's move on, Rabbi Sai. Um, this is from our Dean Aftali Silverberg who sent this in. It's Kabbaldic, a story of side. Listen to this. I heard this reading and it's now briefly for the first time. A few weeks ago, I was on my way to work, as one does. I was speeding. Oh, I don't know if you should mention his name. All right. I was speeding a bit on the highway when I suddenly noticed on my left a white jeep. And we were kind of fighting to get in front of this little bunch of slower moving cars. We were going back and forth trying to get in front, but there were other cars as well, so it was getting difficult. I ended up switching into a lane and got stuck behind a slower moving car. And the white jeep sped ahead, and that was that. I didn't really think much of it. I just continued my drive. Around two to five minutes later, I saw a car pull over to the side, and sure sure enough, it was that white jeep. I thought to myself in that moment that if I would have gotten in front, I would have been pulled over by the cops. I then said to myself, this was the wonderful work of Hashem, and thanked Him for not making me get pulled over and went on with my busy day. P.S. Rebbe, I still keep up with the show I'm on Spotify, and I laugh at all the American accents Rebbe does. Okay, fine, let's move on. Rabbi Sai. Um, next, this story now comes from my daughter. She won the co- family competition of who gets on the, uh, the shay, so she gets her money. And uh, the story goes like this. The story goes like this. Um, she knows the people personally. So um, a father and a bunch of sons went swimming, in a swimming pool here in Eretz Yisrael. And when they went, when they entered the swimming pool, so the father said to the manager, tell me something, what time does this place close until when can we be in the swimming pool? So the guy said, you've got till 8 o'clock. Fine, 8 o'clock, an hour and a half, whatever it was, we had enough time, enough time to get changed, to swim, to get out, should be fine. They went in at 7.45. The lifeguard says, okay, everybody get out. Everybody get out. And he's like, excuse me, 7.45. We were told 
that we could be here until 8 o'clock. So he was upset. So he started telling everyone around him, don't get out, don't get out. We're allowed to be here till 8. Ignore the lifeguard. We're allowed to be here till 8. We pay till 8 o'clock. There's no reason for us to be here until 75, just because the lifeguard decides, it, decides that we have to go out because he wants to go home on time or whatever it may be. So then he thought to himself a minute later, he said, you know what? It's not nice. Maybe the lifeguard wasn't like, whatever. Call a chil Hashem, Haredi, I don't know. You don't want to do it. So he told everyone, you know what, forget it, bad idea. If he wants us to get out, we're going to get out. We're going to show him that we listen. And all of a sudden, everybody piled out. At the moment that he did that, and the pool was very, very busy, the pool emptied out, and the lifeguard noticed a young child at the bottom of the pool. He was able to jump in, and he pulled out the child, which he saved. And he saved the child because... This man said, let's listen to the lifeguard, and we're not going to cause a chel Hashem, and we're going to empty it out. Because of that, the pool was empty. What's even more interesting is that child was a child of that father. That was, that was the child of the father, actually, there at the time. So Rabbi Sai, everything is Bashkach Apotis. We don't always reason, understand why things happen, but they happen for a reason. Rabbi Sai, let's move on. Let's move on to another story. Uh, oh, we have time. Come on, Nick. We're trying to get to one of these. These are Hashem. Okay, this is for our very own Nitzi Leibowitz, Baruch Hashem. Okay, this is a great story. We never miss out from davening. What does that mean? There was a guy who made his weekly food order. And the way it works in these food orders is that first come, first served. On the day of the order, he decided to go and daven Mincha before he went to pick it up. So he had a soyuz and his davening took a little bit longer than normal. And after davening, he realized the time. And he saw it was very, very late. And he got worried that by the time he's going to get there, he'll have no food left. So he ran out to catch the bus. And when he got to the stop, um, the bus exactly passed by and he missed that bus. So once again, he was worried. Oh, I missed the bus. What's going to happen? Food, what's going to happen? I'm going to be starving. What's going to happen? Finally, the bus came and he made it to the place. And the person who ran the order told him, you wouldn't believe it. But some lady came by a few minutes ago dropped off food that she took because she thought she made an order. When she got home, she realized that she didn't make an order that week. So she ran back and returned the stuff just in time for this guy to pick it up. The guy from the order said, this never happened before. We see again from here that everything has happened. We never miss out by going to Davening. We never miss out by staying for an extra Kaddish or anything similar to that, Rabbi Sai. It's a Gavala Gazach. Everything is Bashkocha Protest. Let's move on, Rabbi Sai. Again, I'm reading some of these stories for the very first time, so just... Excuse me, we're going to go through them one by one. Okay, Gavaldi Gamaisa. I just heard Rabbi Yisrael Shen, I decided to share two connected Ashkoch or Prata stories, or as we call them in our family, thank you Hashem stories. Beautiful. COVID hit pretty bad in March 2020. In January, my mother-in-law's health started deteriorating. She had been hospitalized, and once she came home, since she was living by herself, my husband checked on her every morning after Shachos, and again at night after marriage. This went on for about two months. In March, my sister-in-law in Baltimore made the decision to come home since they closed the school where she was working. She planned to being home through Pesach. She was home until she got married in September. My husband had to stop checking on his mother when COVID got really bad, but my sister-in-law was there with her. She was also there to notice my mother-in-law wasn't eating or sleeping in an abnormal amount, not able to remember conversations, all things that my husband would not have been able to pick up with his two daily checks. My mother-in-law was re-hospitalized in June, thanks to my sister-in-law living at home, noticing her health getting worse and worse. Baruch Hashem, my mother-in-law was able to meet her first grandchild and see her daughter engaged before her patia in August. As many things that happened in COVID, all I can say is thank you, Hashem. Thank you that my sister-in-law spent so many months with her mother, that she was there to see the weird things that we would have missed, that my mother-in-law was able to hold her two-month-old grandson 
a couple of days before her death. That she was able to see her daughter engaged, meet her chassan, and even to see her wedding dress, even though she unfortunately passed away three weeks before the wedding. The second story is also a COVID story. My husband was uh, removed from his job right after Pesach 2020. He went on unemployment and used his free time to learn. Once the shul restarted opening again, he learned there and joined the koilal with his set daily learning sedan. We had, um, through the unemployment, was going to run three different times, and the president's and the presidents kept passing additional COVID relief bills. Uh, this not only got our standard unemployment money, but additional money that was close to my husband's salary. He's still looking for a job, and the unemployment just ran out. My husband had been learning in Kolo for a year, and never thought it would be a Kolo family. Baruch Hashem, he's been able to spend the whole second year of our marriage learning, and the U.S. government for the bill. So that is our Shkocha protest. Again, most people would look at that and say, it's not a Shkocha protest, it's terrible, what's going to happen? But the way they looked at it, obviously, was, Lemaisa, look at the good in life, and look how wonderful that is. That's, that's incredible, that's really beautiful. Hi, my name is Shemaya, I live in Lakewood, New Jersey. Um, over the years of me driving a school bus, I tried to look out to see the Yad Hashem in the unusual experiences that I come across besides the daily Yad Hashem. Beautiful. A number of years ago, I was called from the office of the bus company with a job to take a group of yeshiva boys to a wedding out of town. Wait a few hours, drive them home. I accepted the job, made sure my regular bus runs get covered by another driver. The day of the trip came and I took a good nap before heading out for this late trip to my surprise and disbelief. As I pulled out with my school bus to pick up the group, a beautiful, a beautiful coach bus appeared out with the crowd. My regular night runs, I cancelled. Now I'm also left with no trip either. I guess obviously somebody else ordered another bus, and let him know. I was disappointed and headed back to my bus when suddenly I get a call from the bus company from the dispatcher that wasn't aware of this trip that I was headed to. Are you available to head out to town right now? We just got a call from Yeshiva. It's ending this month tonight and in need of a bus. I gladly accepted the trip and hit the road. When I was, when I was about to arrive to this Yeshiva that was ending this month, a boy from the Yeshiva came on the bus and asked me that I park on a small quiet street a few blocks away. He explained that the Yeshiva was really ending the next day and they're sneaking out a night before. <laughs> I don't know if I should be reading this. The boys... The, the boy, you know this place? The boys began loading the bus with all the luggage... And I got ready to head home. Suddenly, the Rosh Hashiva pulled up to the bus. And of course, the boys ran off. The Rosh Hashiva, who happened to be my next-door neighbor when I was growing up, too, too many details, asked me who ordered the bus at this time. The dispatcher was already out and no way of me finding out who called. The Rosh Hashiva gave me the... This is nice. The Rosh Hashiva gave me the money for the bus and asked a few boys to unload the bus and I drove home empty. Hashem wanted me to have Panossa without taking anyone on my bus. I don't know, okay, interesting. Uh, okay, that's good. That's Yad Hashem. That's Yad Hashem. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Okay, we, we don't know where that story happened, so whatever. Uh, moving on. Rabbi thank you so much for your show. First day of Shavuos, this year, excruciating toothache abscess. Hatzalah said that I should go to the local hospital and get antibiotics. Don't leave it. I went to a neighbor, went by a neighbor who was talking at the door, and uh, someone walked by and said hello and found out that I had to get antibiotics. She said that she had an unstarted course of antibiotics for a tooth abscess. Obviously, I checked with a local dentist that it was okay. No hospital, no need to go anywhere on Yontov. And I was blown away by the total Ashkocha protest of how I happened to meet that neighbor who was happy to be outside the door at that exact moment and happened to have a, uh, uh, you know, a portion of uh, the same exact antibiotics I needed. Continue Ashkocha on your abode if I could. Let's move on, Rabbi Sai. Um, Gavaldik. Let's move on. We have two more stories for today, and then Be'ez HaShem will try to continue another time. 
Okay, I have a few stories about my car and how I found my apartment. Both are great stories you can share. I'm happy to share with you. I love you, Shulam. I feel like I'm part of your yeshiva. No, oh, nice. That's beautiful. We've got many more brachas than we have over here. How I found my beautiful apartment was an amazing Ashkocha protest. My wife is running around looking for an apartment for months. She looked at about a dozen and couldn't find anything she liked. I told her Hashem will help at the right time. A couple of years before, when we weren't desperate to move, to move, my wife checked out an apartment that she really, really liked, but it was out of our budget at that time. Now she was telling me that the only apartment she liked was this one that she saw a few years before. On Friday, I was talking to my father, and he mentioned that when he went to the Mikvah Nehav Shabbos, he saw a sign with an apartment for rent. I called it that Sunday, went to look at it a few hours later, it was exactly the same apartment as the one my wife had looked at a few years before, which was the only one that she liked, and my landlord said that he just put up the signs that Erev Shabbos, and his father-in-law happened to go into the mikvah, that mikvah, at that moment, and saw the sign, and that helped. Next, after leasing cars for more than 10 years, I realized that I manage, uh, with, uh, I can manage one day, I can manage on a day-to-day basis. And I decided that for times I need to rely on Hashem to provide them what's needed. Ashkocha that I'm seeing every time I use a car or rent a car is amazing. Ashkocha number one. I gave up a little before Corona, so the next... I gave it up. I gave up the whole business, I see. Before Corona, so the next few months of lockdown, and there was nowhere to go, no need for the car. Number two, since it was Corona, I found a very cheap deal for the summer, $1,200 for the whole summer. It's usually apparently $3,000, and the car I got was an upgrade too. Number three, I was able to get a great deal for Sukkos, and this past place that they worked out great. Number four, the best one. Right now, there's very little cars available to rent for the summer. And the cheapest you can find now is for a minimum of three to $4,000. Just for a car. A year ago, I helped my brother with his van and put it in my name because his insurance was triple the price. Now his lease is up right before the summer. He offered to extend it for three months exactly when I needed it, which comes out much cheaper than any rentals would have been. Besides the letter of, le- lesson of Ashkoch, I see when you help others, it also helps you and it goes over. I have many brother brother laws Many looking to extend leases, but this is the only one that was in my name, and therefore it works. I hope the message is not to learn lots of atzlocha with your shishiva, and everything you do at Torah anytime, Talmud. Okay, Rabbi Sai, um, one last one, and we finish. Hello, Rabbi Rizavad, I'm Rifka, I'm 26 years old, living in New York. I've been meaning to write to the Rav and uh, thank you for the last few years. However, I always had another excuse next week. Now that I listened to the Ashkocha Potter's clips, I felt I finally had to. When I came back from a seminary in Israel, I felt I was falling. I needed something to boost me. I started to go into Torah any time and find a parasha shit. At the time, I needed something that was about 25 minutes or less, short, sweet, and to the point. I stumbled upon Rav Rizavad and since then I listened to the Shabbos, Yom Tovim, character traits, v'cholei, v'cholei, v'cholei. Alright, I'm leaving out the rest. Now for the Ashkocha Protest story. Even though it's proper Ashkocha Protest that I stumbled upon the rubbish speeches many years ago, here he goes. I was away with friends for Shabbos on Friday. I was at my sister's house in Lakewood. Thursday night, my friends told me it was a 20-minute drive from Lakewood, where I guess where she had to go. I was busy with my nephews and niece on Friday. I was planning to leave at around 7 to make it in time for Shabbos and about 10 minutes early, like I normally do. I'm not sure why, but about 5pm, I decided to check the GPS to confirm that it actually takes 20 minutes to my destination, like I did on Thursday night. I looked at the GPS and it showed 50 minutes. I was shocked. I called my friends to confirm the distance and there was no traffic and it was a 30 minute distance. My friend said she made a mistake. It really is 50 minutes away. 5-0. I right away packed up and the way there was like, wow, imagine if at 5 o'clock I did not look at my 
uh, about the GPS and I only looked at it at 6.30 I would have been so upset I did not spend Shabbos with my friends take Shabbos in early like you normally do I ended up having a beautiful Shabbos even though I had been through the Pesach system I've never actually learned Perky Ovis inside and this week I took, took on to say it for the next five weeks in Mitzvah Shem beautiful okay everybody look out for the Ashkoch protest in your life you will see the Rabbani Shalom holding your hands all the day, all the time doing J. If you want to send in Shiurim, you can send in um, some uh, great stories, office at basedavid.com. Have a wonderful day.